Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. We're so excited to have you join us today. Lots of exciting news to talk about, but of course, we are always the best place to get all of your fantasy football knowledge, news, and advice. Be sure to check out ballblastfootball.com and please give the Ball Blast Football Twitter a follow at ballblastfb. Give us those five-star reviews if you like what we're doing. If you like the show since Jake joined us, we are three reviews away from 300 on iTunes. And And someone wrote a very nice note on Apple Podcasts, like all nice things, and then gave us a one-star review. So uh, five stars is good. (laughs) Just It just didn't match with the note. You know, if you hate us and you want to write a mean note and give us one star, I would almost feel better about that because now I just feel like we got cheated on a five star. Now I'm just like, did he mean to click one? Yeah. Yeah. It just left me with a lot of questions in my life, so... Be sure to subscribe. Leave us a review. Uh, as always, I am your host, Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You can find me, Michelle, at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEm. You can find me, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Trowbridge. It's funny that you say with a W when I would say with an O because apparently that first day I was trying to spell your name, I just kept leaving out the O. You were spelling it Trowbridge. without vowels like it was going on a license plate, which is a way to do it. <laughs> Twelvage. Twelvage. That was a really, really fun time. Guys, if you didn't end up listening to the end of that first episode with Jake, go back. What was that? You quarterback? Skip, yes, our quarterback carousel episode. You can go back. Just, you don't need to listen to us again. If you've listened, great. It doesn't matter. Just skip through everything. and then Just the last two minutes, I'm trying to spell his last name, and I just cannot do it. I cannot do it. It's a tough uh, name. It I, I have to give you some we slack. All, it's a tough name. I think I was crying by the end of it. We 100% were all crying, but the irony is that it's coming from Majuk, M-A-G-D-Z-I-U-K. She is the one that struggled with that. She has been dealing with this her whole life for shame. <laughs> we have lots of fun stuff to talk about. It was such a fun week after what felt like the longest drought is almost sort of over, but not really, because we got a lot of news surrounding the franchise tag. The franchise tags were due this week, so NFL teams had to uh, either uh, do it or not do it, and we got some answers about uh, players that are going to be sticking around. So we have that to talk about. In relation to that, we're going to be talking about A.J. Dillon, this week's Talk of the Town, and then for the main event... We're going to play some tipsy trivia. Tipsy Woo-hoo! trivia. I think I have a few really good questions that will stump you guys. My goal was to make it not too hard, but not too easy. But like just and for them to be useful too, right? The questions to be useful. So when you find them out, it's like, ooh, 
That makes me think for next year. That's a real Goldilocks Michelle, balancing act that you're pulling off. There, I was though. literally just gonna say Michelle picking trivia questions is literally like Goldilocks, Goldilocks with her oatmeal. Like <laughs> it took me way too long. Damn girl, I was being way too picky. It took me way too long. I think it's a good thing. If you guys just knock them all out in like five seconds and you just know the answers, I'm going to be very upset. I'm you going to be proud to like of us. <laughs> That's all right. Um, I, I don't know. We'll we'll have some fun drinking game rules. So if you're at home and it's not nine o'clock in the morning when you're listening to us, or if if it is, yeah, if it is, it. yeah, go for it. Uh, but you can play along with us, which is super fun. Let's see how smart you are. Mike Matt is our social media person for Ball Blast. He's been doing Tuesday night trivias, which was sort of the inspiration for this. And he is tripping me up so hard. And I'm like, this, like, I built Ball Blast from the ground, young man, and you are making me turn to dust <laughs> with your questions. They have been so difficult, but... Super interesting and super fun. He does that every Tuesday, so be sure to check that out. Why don't we jump into some news? Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. All right, we do have lots of news this week and lots of fantasy-relevant news, which is kind of crazy. It just... It really feels like it's been such a long time since we've talked real fantasy football stuff, and it's here. So let's talk about who did receive the franchise tag, who didn't, and this tells us basically who's going to be free agents heading into the following season, who gets to sign with any team. It's some big-name players that are going to affect your fantasy football rosters. Let's start with the two big wide receivers, Allen Robinson Wide receiver for the Chicago Bears did receive the franchise tag in addition to Chris Godwin. They will be remaining with the teams unless they're traded. Don't expect that for Chris Godwin, but does everybody agree that it seems like the consensus is that Allen Robinson will be traded on that tag? I have no idea. Do you know? Like, I don't know where this is coming from where people just like are acting like they know if he'll be traded or if either of these guys will be traded. I feel like they tagged him to keep him. I think it's coming from the fact that they haven't... You they, don't see it very often of uh, tag and trade. It's not like a common thing in the NFL. No, but I think the lack of communication between the two sides about planning any sort of long-term deal it doesn't seem like that's a very good situation. If you haven't talked to your franchise since September, I think this report came out mid-February. If you haven't talked to your franchise about a contract with the team in like six months, that's not a good thing when you're about to hit free agency. Jake, what were what was your thought process when you saw that Allen Robinson was tagged? I, I mean, I did get a little bit sad for him, I have to admit. But in terms of like the trade aspect, I do wonder if it's just kind of, people are speculating because of the two different ways that they've handled this so far. Like Chris Godwin put out stuff on social media like, I'm looking forward to being back, you know, do anything for the team kind of vibes. And Allen Robinson's yeah. been kind of the opposite. So maybe that's where the expectation of trade comes in. I don't know. Man. I, I wavered on this because I got really bummed of him having terrible quarterbacks throwing to him all the time. But if he can why be would, successful. I, but, no, why would anybody be bummed about that? Because honest to goodness, 
he's been a top tier wide receiver. Like, right. why do we care? I think it really does help him that he is a, a, a. Well, the issue. So I always say that too. I say he gets all of the targets in that offense because he's working with bad quarterbacks. He's on a team that's bad, and there's no one else to throw to. So he gets all the targets. So we're happy there. But then the targets don't turn into the same thing that you know 150 targets turn in for other players when it's only turning into 1,200 yards. And six touchdowns, it's like, okay, what would 150 targets do on another team? It's just you got to ask the question, would he get those 150 targets on another team if they have other skill players to actually use? So I think I think the Bears is a fine fit. But unfortunately, like I don't think he's going to do any better next year. But I don't think he's going to do any worse either. You pretty much know what you're going to get in Allen Robinson if he's with the Bears. And that's almost just a nice thing to have. Someone that you actually know, like, hey, if this person's healthy, like, I know what I'm going to get when I drop them. True. And one yeah, thing I don't think. He's going to get points. It's what he's going to get. <laughs> PPR <laughs> points, especially. Yeah. Well, and one thing I don't think people always take into consideration with this, it's always nice and exciting to see them go somewhere new because you're just like, oh, it's shiny. What are they going to do on this team? But historically, yeah. wide receivers that transition from one team to another almost always dip down. I mean, with a couple of exceptions recently, like Diggs obviously went the complete opposite direction. But a lot of these wide receivers yeah. would take a hit no matter what because they're learning a new offense and all that. A hundred percent. So then what was your thought process on Chris Godwin? Because I know I wasn't happy with it. If he's happy with it, like I'm happy for him as a person. Uh, but as a fantasy player, I don't want him to stay in Tampa Bay in that crowded offense. It's not so crowded anymore. That's the thing, though. They have so many players that Why is it are not so set crowded? Because they have literally... Evans and Gronk will be back. AB is going to be back. Like, Where are they getting all this money? They just signed Shaq Barrett to another deal. Um, AB like they... will be very, very little money. And I'm sure Gronk will take... Gronk's going to either retire or he's going to play for Tampa Bay. So I'm sure he'll take whatever they're willing to give him. That's fair. But I'm just saying we can't take for granted that all of these players are going to be returning because pretty much all of their offensive weapons, Chris Godwin uh, and Mike Evans being the exception, they were all hitting free agency, all of these receivers. So is there a chance that one of them or more doesn't make it back? There is a chance. So next year, Jake, who are you taking in a draft? Is it Chris Godwin or is it Mike Evans? Uh, whichever is cheapest legitimately whichever is cheapest because they I mean Chris Godwin in that crowded offense finished wide receiver 15 in points per game Mike Evans really? finished wide receiver 16 in points per game I don't care like give me the cheaper option and th again I was initially upset that Chris Godwin got tagged because I wanted to go see him play in like Indy or something and it didn't happen but yeah. fine let him stay there if he can do that in a crowded offense and it stays as crowded or if it doesn't Cool. Like, I'll still pick up on Chris Godwin this year. I probably will just avoid both. I I just think he's going to be too inconsistent, and he will have his good games. Tom Brady threw the most deep targets in the league last year. Like, Tom Brady was doing his thing. I do think he can feed both of them. I just don't know if it's going to be during the same game. And we kind of saw that with Jameis Winston anyways. It was, like, back and forth with them. They weren't really both succeeding in the same games. So I'll probably just stay off and, and go to someone else. I was really hoping to see him be the man in an offense, but I guess we'll have to wait at least another year for that. And then also his backup, Tyler Johnson. Uh, I wanted to see him get more time. He was a rookie last year. 
Uh, he's very talented out of, uh, where was he from? Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see him. He had some big plays there in the playoffs, but I don't think he will even be a sleeper for me now with Godwin back. No, I think that's unfortunate, but I have mentioned this like every time we've talked about Chris Godwin. The biggest difference for Chris Godwin with Tom Brady was really just his yards after the catch. He managed uh, what you said, uh, ranked 15th in points per game among wide receivers, and he was banged up. The entire season, he had a hamstring injury. He had a broken finger. He had broken finger surgery. Like, he managed a lot of things, but I think what really hampered him from a fantasy perspective, or at least perceptually, was the fact that he was injured and he wasn't getting those yards after the catch, which is kind of his thing. So let's say we see him healthier next season. That could easily, easily bounce right back through the roof, and you get yourself another top 10 wide receiver. Yeah. Kenny Galladay and Juju both were not tagged uh, by Detroit or Pittsburgh, so they will hit free agency next week. We talked about them a bit in our wide receiver carousel episode. So with that said, which one would you be more, like, which one are you going to be paying attention to more next week? And like, if there is a join an exciting offense, like, would you prefer that to be Galladay or Juju? I would rather put my focus towards Juju for right now because I almost feel like for some reason he would have a more clearly defined role on whatever team he ends up with. So I'd feel more comfortable about kind of projecting him. Galladay is such a wild card for me. Uh, like, I could see Galladay going to, like, the Jaguars and then being like, great, what do I do with this guy? <laughs> yeah. With Lawrence could be interesting, but then you'd have Chark and Galladay and Chanel, and it's like, okay, will any of them be worth it, or they're just all going to hurt each other? I will be paying more attention to Juju, obviously, as a Steelers fan. I can still see him. Like, I did not think the Steelers would use a franchise tag on him. They don't have $16 million this year to spend on Juju, or really anybody. So I knew the franchise tag was not happening, but they could sign him to a longer-term deal where they can move the money in further years. It seems like Juju really wants to stay with the Steelers, everything he's saying, but once the money starts showing with other teams, who knows what his thought process will be. But nobody has money, it seems like, in the NFL. So unless he goes to a team, like you said, the Jags, they have money. There's really not a lot of teams that have money to spend this year. So he's going to have limited options, and he has to hope that they need a wide receiver and want him. So I don't know. I don't know what to expect about free agency next week. I really don't. Yeah, and, I think it, we're going to be bored. That's my feeling. Ooh. I think we're going to be bored. Nobody has money to spend. I just I think it's going to be a very slow-moving process. A waiting game for that first one to crack. This has been my prediction sort of all offseason. So actually – in more news, we did get the official word uh, today, which is Wednesday, on what the official cap number will be for 2021, $182.5 million, which is a decrease from last year. You're going to see teams, I think, be a bit more cautious. But here's the issue. When you're looking at the free agency market, I, I talked about this before, you're looking at a slew of offensive weapons who are available in free agency, but you're also looking at a decreased cap. I think it's just going to be like 
a waiting game before anybody wants to pay up for any of these players. I don't think anybody's going to get the money they deserve this offseason. Aaron they, Jones, anybody. Every team will have what it was one one hundred and ninety eight million, I think, last year was the cap space. Somewhere around that, don't quote me exact, but that's sixteen million dollars. That's a whole great player that you could sign in free agency or a couple smaller ones, like middle tier. That's Chris Godwin's that, contract this year. Like the sixteen million, yeah. And so those are the the hits we're not going to see right away in free agency that we used to be being able to see, which makes me sad. And I think we might see a lot more players take one-year deals to be like, let me get through this offseason, prove myself next year, and get my contract. This yeah. is Yeah, this is a poo-poo situation for the fans and for the players themselves. Poo-poo. As far as David Johnson, he re-signed with Houston. Uh, he took less money because his contract was stupid high for who he was <laughs> and what he was doing. But does is David Johnson actually an interesting asset in redraft next year? I think he is. Like, what do you think? Like, this is honestly his best case scenario, which sounds really weird and kind of gross yeah. to say out loud. But I couldn't imagine him going to another team and actually prospering for fantasy. He's stuck there in Houston on what could be <laughs> any number of outcomes because we don't know anything about the team. But what we know is that he's probably going to be the lead guy by default there. He should get plenty of touches. I don't know how useful he's going to be with him, but he should get him. Yeah. This is the most like sad, sad narrative that we've ever, we've ever had for a player. It's, I feel like this is kind of how we talk about David Montgomery. We're like, I mean, he's David Montgomery, but he's going to touch the ball a lot. And yeah, then, but this is David Montgomery, but another like five years older or six <laughs> years older. So even worse. But I do think he, there's no one else in the offense. It's going to be Brandon Cooks and David Johnson. We'll see who else they can bring in. But I don't think any of these players are going to be running to go play with Houston with the way this offseason has gone for them, especially if Watson's out of town. They might be stuck with just a terrible offense, which isn't usually great for running backs. But if he's like pretty much their focal point, then yeah, I will, I'll take him in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Like, where is he going right now in redraft? We'll have to see closer to the season, but he's going to fall. He did rank uh, 24th overall in among running backs and rushing attempts last season, despite the fact that he played 12 games. That's wow. that's worth something. You could easily see him, I think, get to 250 touches, and that just pure value standpoint, it might not be an upside play, but I really like the volume that I think he could potentially get. I mean, honestly, I, who else is going? They did. They cut uh, Duke Johnson. Wh- who else is going to touch the ball? It's going to be Kiki and DJ. <laughs> Kiki, Kiki. Kiki and DJ, best friends for the rest of their lives. Can't wait to see it. Super exciting. <laughs> Two smaller things that happened this week. Philip Lindsay and Gus Edwards were both tendered by their team. Now, Edwards received that second-round tender. I actually don't know if Lindsey was ever officially tendered yet, but the news is that they plan to tender him. So I'm not interested in either Lindsey or Edwards next year for fantasy, but this does kind of put a damper on Melvin Gordon in Denver and doesn't make you worried at all about J.K. Dobbins' breakout next year. I think it should make you a little bit nervous, and I think it's because we're – I feel like this has been a Clyde Edwards-Alaire situation where now that we thought other bodies were out of town, we 
slotted him top 10. I think he's in the top 10 of Dynasty ADP right now. He's a really fantastic talent, but are we going to be over-projecting his volume? Probably. They really like Gus Edwards, and I don't know what to make of the fact. And Gus Edwards is good. That's the annoying part is when they give him the ball, he does exactly what they ask. He gains a ton of yards. He's very elusive. Like, he's a good running back himself. If he got a full workload, we would be talking him up. But He had 10 more rushing attempts than J.K. Dobbins last season. That's crazy. Now Mark Ingram, of course, is gone. So the old man is out. And I think our highest hopes for Dobbins right now should basically be Mark Ingram's 2019 season. So Gus Edwards was already there, and he got just over 200 carries. And that's basically what I would expect for Dobbins then at this point. Ingram was actually kind of efficient with him, though. I mean, he did end up as a fringe RB1 in that season. That's kind of the ceiling, I think, for Dobbins this year. I think touchdowns, touchdowns, touchdowns. It'll all come down to that. And in that offense, they have the scoring opportunities for that. And it just comes down to, does Lamar Jackson steal them near the goal line? Do they put in Gus Edwards? Because that happened this year and he stole some. But I did feel like towards the end of the year and towards the playoffs, they were giving J.K. Dobbins more opportunity. The issue is Lamar Jackson just doesn't dump the ball down all that often. So you're not going to see many targets and receptions It's going to come down to efficiency and touchdowns. Not really two things I love to rely on, but I do believe in the talent of J.K. Dobbins. So if he falls to a reasonable price, I would say early third round in redraft, then I would take him. I'd start to consider him. But if he's getting insane hype, like early second, late first, I would be out. Do you guys agree? Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. And I don't really care that much about Lindsay or the Gordon deal. Mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon was fine last year. Oh, like, Melvin Gordon news, actually. Let's talk about that. Melvin Gordon did not get charged with a DUI. Um, they dropped the charges against him. I think the general consensus among the court was you drive like a freaking moron. And I think that's what they wrote. The judge wrote down on a piece of paper and handed it to the lawyers. That's like what I imagine in my head. (laughs) But anyway, that probably means I don't think he'll be facing any punishment from the league. And I think that was a concern for people. I mean, Melvin Gordon, he say what you want about his efficiency, but dude scores touchdowns and he scores fantasy points. I don't know. Yeah, he when he was healthy last year and playing, he was he was good. So he could be another one of those steals right there with David Johnson, who are they're just not getting valued the same way because they're older and they're not as fun. They're not sexy. They're not sexy, and they're just not as efficient either. So, but they get the volume and they get the work. So both of them are fine options if you need a running back next year. Moving on to tight ends because we have two big ones actually in free agency this year. I feel like that's not normal to have like two big names. We have Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, both looking for a new team. Both athletic dudes, younger. You know, I'm interested to see where they go. I'm very interested to see where they go. I am more excited about Hunter Henry. Obviously, I've talked about Johnny Smith, phenomenal athlete, but I don't know. Is he going to get the opportunity? I don't know. He's like, one of these super well-rounded players that like, yeah, you should be utilizing him as a blocker. You should be utilizing him all over the field. Will they? I don't know. Cause they had every opportunity to, and yet, you know, they wanted to get Khalif Raymond involved and 
every other Anthony Ferkser, all of all of the other human beings in the state of Tennessee. He was he was very very good to start the season, and then he dealt with injuries, and I think that's kind of what hampered the rest of his season. Hunter Henry, however, are we just like pooping on the head of Hunter Henry because I would people never. are not nice to Hunter. People are not nice to Hunter Henry, and nobody seems to be super excited about Hunter Henry it's in general. because he never does anything. But here's the issue. So I was looking over his stats. Since he's been drafted, despite missing an entire season due to a torn ACL, so he was drafted in 2016, cumulatively over that span among all tight ends, he has racked up the 15th most targets, 13th most receiving yards. Again, missed a whole season. He scored the 8th most touchdowns, Tied with Rob Gronkowski, who also missed a season, to be fair. But in that span, he scored the 11th most fantasy points, again, while missing a whole season. Yeah, but that's, like, not saying much. Like, like you have Jared Cook up there at six. <laughs> Jared the, Cook has the, been a pretty good of, fantasy you tight You have end. Kyle Rudolph at the seventh. Like, ugh. Like, who cares? You have Cameron Brate at 10. This is, it's just not a lot of good tight ends in the NFL right now. And I just There's can't just think of a time where a tight end switched teams outside of like Gronk coming back this year. I can't think of a time where they switch. And I was like actually excited about the production that they got the next year. And that's my issue is like, I, I don't know where they're going to go yet, but I'm already kind of not excited about it. And I keep talking myself even further down on these guys. I was a little surprised that the Titans did not franchise tag Jonu Smith because, you know, with Corey Davis, he's also a free agent. They're pretty much left with A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry, and that's their offense. And Anthony Ferkser. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> so you would, Don't forget. You would think they'd want to keep Jonu Smith. I, I Maybe he's not great for fantasy or consistent, but I do think he's a good weapon for an NFL team. I'm surprised they didn't tag him. I am too, but that just makes you wonder, like, what are they going to do? Are the Titans planning to draft a wide receiver? Because I don't feel like we've talked about how they're planning to fill the vacancies that they now have in that offense. We finally saw Corey Davis just absolutely ball out this season and do everything that you wanted him to do for four seasons. You know what was interesting that I saw today? Ryan Tannehill threw the fewest deep passes this season among like the starting quarterbacks that actually like played most of the games and you know started at least like 10 games I think it was he threw the fewest deep passes and deep passes is just 20 yards down the field I was surprised with AJ Brown I felt like Corey Davis had some good games there must have been a lot of yak in that offense I'm guessing a lot of yards after the catch there we're going to need that number to go up for AJ Brown yeah well We've talked about all the players that have been franchise tagged. We talked about some of the ones that weren't tagged. One of the ones we haven't talked about was running back Aaron Jones for the Green Bay Packers. We are lucky enough to be sitting here with a real live Packers fan himself. So I think we should just get into it. This week's talk of the town, AJ Dillon. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. The talk of the town. Talk of the town. Jake, you got to lead us in, man. Aaron Jones did not receive the franchise tag. I wasn't super surprised by that. They took a running back in the second round of the 2020 draft. 
what did people expect to happen? Because they didn't necessarily have the cap room, did they, to sign a, a franchise tender for a running back when... No. I don't, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> you, they, you just drafted A.J. Dillon. I, yeah, I don't know what the expectation was. I was floored to hear that people didn't see something like this coming. It was always going to be at least Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams or both leaving. Because you said they drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round last year when they had much more pressing needs, by the way. So they were clearly planning for this exact moment. So that part is very interesting to me. But for A.J. Dillon, I mean, I'm excited. I, I'm excited not just as a Packer fan, but I'm hopeful that A.J. Dillon with a solid number of touches in that offense should be productive. I mean, I'm not expecting the world. I'm not even expecting him to finish for fantasy where Aaron Jones did. But I think you could be looking at a fringe RB1, um, at least sniffing that territory. And I think he actually fits the offense better than Aaron Jones did. Aaron Jones excelled on the Packers despite not really fitting Matt LaFleur's offense the last couple of years. He was just, I mean, he's just that good. Um, A.J. Dillon, I think, fits it a little more naturally, so... Somebody comped him to Jordan Howard, and I got a little offended at no. first. I'm not gonna lie. No, I got a little offended. No, but Jordan Howard's good. No, he's it, the comp is Eric Henry. Stop it. But Jordan Howard, even if that's his worst comp, Jordan Howard had two seasons. One as an RB10, one as an RB14. Like, no, he didn't light the world on fire, but he was very usable for fantasy. So if that's his worst case scenario, I'm fine. Let's talk about A.J. Dillon, the prospect. So I did say the comp was Derrick Henry. Listen to these combine metrics. So I know we shouldn't get all caught up in combine metrics, but A.J. Dillon crushed the combine in 2020, our very last combine that we have had. May, may it, the combine rest in peace. Uh, but listen to how closely he compared to Derrick Henry, who also did very well at the combine. Derrick Henry sat at 6'3", 247 pounds. A.J. Dillon, 6'247 pounds. The so same weight. He's got a, a little bit of a height problem, but uh, <laughs> not really when you look at other running backs in the league. Derrick Henry ran a 4.54 40-yard dash. A.J. Dillon, 4.53-yard 45-yard dash. It's very cute. They say 4.53 40-yard dash. 4.53. <laughs> Whatever. I, Does she even know what she's talking about? Uh, she, he doesn't, had, she doesn't know the lingo. Throw those dots a, in there. <laughs> all of the dots. <laughs> I love dots. Um, AJ Dillon, 41-inch vertical. That's freaking bananas. He's 247 pounds. Derrick Henry had a 37-inch. So that's that's four more inches, guys. If you want to, I told you, I like math. Let's talk about math. That's four inches. And he beat him in the broad jump by one solid inch. <laughs> Derrick Henry. And you know what? So the the best comp of all, it's like the size, it's the speed. Um, I think in the last year's combine, he ranked number one when you looked at like size adjusted speed, which was incredible. He's got a really crazy uh, freak score, which he ranks 96th percentile. And that's just another way of looking at like how big you are and how you move. And he does it very well. The issue, he looked really good last season when they gave him the opportunity in week 16. Didn't have a lot of involvement before that. He did spend, what, five games, I think, on the COVID list. So he was out for a while. What do we think that his 
potential is? Could he be a Derrick Henry light? What do we think? I'm not going with Derrick Henry only for the fact that Derrick Henry is who he is, not only because of the talent, but because that offense is Derrick Henry. Like, they want to run the ball when they're losing. They want to run the ball when they're winning. They want to run the ball in the rain, in perfect weather. It doesn't matter. Run it in the morning, run it in the evening. (laughs) It's a Derrick Henry show at all times. And I don't think it's going to be the A.J. Dillon show. That's the difference. It's Aaron Rodgers played at an MVP level last year. He was the MVP. I don't think that's going to change this next season. And then we've never seen the Packers lately use a running back as a workhorse. It's always split. So we'll see if they bring back Jamal Williams. They could still honestly bring back Aaron Jones on a longer-term deal. Uh, That's still a question mark there. Until I actually see Aaron Jones sign somewhere, that's always going to be a worry. I do like A.J. Dillon, though, and I like him for next year. I think he will get a decent amount of workload, and he's big enough he's to— He's got chunky thighs. There's there's so <laughs> many scoring opportunities in that offense that the running back that's back there, they're going to score a lot of touchdowns. Like We've seen that with Aaron Jones. If it's A.J. Dillon, he's plenty big enough. He can just get, like storm right through the defenders. Great at forcing missed tackles. We saw that, too, in his one game that he played. I mean, it was against the Titans' defense, but— that one play, he he carried like five guys to get that first down. I don't know if ever, everyone remembers that play I'm talking about, but it was very, very impressive, and it opened my eyes. I'm excited about him. I am. Like, he, he has all of the things that I think I – most of the things that you would ideally want in a successful fantasy football running back. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the draft capital. But you know what the missing piece is? The receiving game. Yeah. That is my biggest concern for him. And it, obviously it works for Derrick Henry because he can't stay out of the end, end zone and he rushes for literally 2,000 yards. That's where, you know, Derrick Henry can sort of cap that upside. But if you're playing in a PPR league, how active is Dylan going to be as a receiver? He only saw. Guess what? <laughs> Guess how many receptions he had in three collegiate seasons i'm gonna 21 a lot. <laughs> 21 over that's that's seven reception more math that's seven receptions per season that's an issue but i will say i'll give him the benefit of the doubt they just didn't use him in that way in boston college it wasn't like he couldn't do it well we don't know yet if he can or cannot do it his yards per route run was absolutely fine he just wasn't out there running running routes in college it was 1.56 tied for 33rd in the nation that's fine like that's a fine score and we saw Jonathan Taylor barely be used in college and then he was used all the time because Philip Rivers liked passing to quarterbacks uh Aaron Rodgers likes I just said quarterbacks Philip Rivers likes passing the running backs so does Aaron Rodgers so I think if AJ Dillon is the starting back he's out on the field he's going to get little dump offs and we'll see what he can do with the ball afterwards He's not going to be an Elvin Kamara or Austin Eckler, but I think he is capable of catching a ball and making something happen after the catch. 23% yeah. of the Packers' targets in 2020 went to the running back position. That was the seventh highest target rate of the running back position in the NFL. They definitely want it to happen. The other concern I have, his lack of experience as a pass blocker. 
I totaled up all of his snaps as a pass blocker through college. He took 124 snaps as a pass blocker. And maybe this is the reason we don't see him utilized in the running game. If he's, he, he did allow some pressures for instance. So that 124 snaps as a pass blocker, that was over three seasons. Cam Akers in his final season took 165 snaps as a pass blocker. So the experience is, it's definitely much less than you would want, especially when you're going into an NFL offense where that's important. I just don't get why you waste a second round pick on him if you don't plan to use him ever. Uh, yeah, I I mean that's like the biggest. I mean, I mean it happens sometimes. So I don't want to say that like these stupid things. Penny. These stupid things happen all of the time where coaches just don't use these players, or maybe they're just complete busts. But I mean, we've only seen one game from AJ Dillon so far, and that game was really nice. It was 124 yards and two touchdowns against a terrible defense. Did have one catch for five yards. Yeah. The saying. I mean, his catching, I know it's been very limited. He obviously didn't get the pass catching work. We already talked about that. But, of course, being the Packers homer, I did look at basically every reception that he had in college. It didn't take very long at all. It was a nice little brisk 15-minute <laughs> jaunt down memory lane. Uh, but he actually looked, like, really good. He catches the ball in stride. So I think you're right, Michelle. Yeah. It's not that he can't do it. It's just that they didn't ever really allow him to. And that's tough to sometimes overcome, like, mentally for ourselves drafting these guys. Like, I haven't seen it, so can I be sure that he's going to get even, you know, 30 receptions is kind of my threshold. Like, I need my running backs to get at least 30 receptions, which I think he can do. Yeah, and I agree. So my question for you guys, if you are drafting. He's not on, like, Ronald Jones level of pants. You mean literally stone cold? Yeah, no. Um, if we are drafting, I'm not going to say if we were drafting a redraft league right now, because you have to be sensible during that. But if you are drafting in a best ball league, a 12-person best ball league, where would you draft A.J. Dillon right now? Because this is prime best ball season. I think he goes Fourth up. round? Earlier? I, I think it's hard to say around. I, I would put it more towards... I would put him... Probably last among running backs that I know will get a big workload. I think Dylan can get a big workload, but I don't know that yet. We have to go through free agency and the season or like you're drafting the, the best ball league now, Michelle. You don't That's have time saying. to. So I would put the... him behind all the running backs that we pretty much know will get a big workload next year. So what, like RB fourteen? They're being very non-committal. I know. I would have to look at the list. You were. I was not planning for this. You should always be prepared for best ball. Always. He would be behind Dobbins, who we talked about earlier. I was really? going to say, I think I would have him ahead of both Dobbins and Swift right now, talking best ball, not talking like other leagues, but I'm more excited about his upside than I am either of those two, especially Swift Same. talking about usage. Detroit, man, like that's all I have to say about running backs. I remember the Amir Abdullah days, getting very excited, mm. and I haven't really overcome that. So I would my, put him um, over. My, I can't remember his name anymore, and I was so obsessed with him just two years ago. Who was it? Carry on? Was it Carry on Johnson? Yeah, Carry on Johnson. Oh my God, you couldn't remember Carry on Johnson's name? I was so obsessed 
Jason Moore Johnson. is rolling over yeah. in his. He's Jason not in a grave, Moore but did. like in on, at the dinner table right now, he just rolled over. That's when I was listening to Ballers every day, and Jason Moore got me very, very excited about Korean oh. Johnson. But I also did all my like I wasn't just like taking his word for it. I did my own work, and I got really pumped about it, and I was all in. And then the line actually. Even when he did get workload, he looked pretty bad. So I'm not even going to blame that on the Lions. I They're will, not a good rushing offense. We will get into DeAndre Swift in another episode. I'm actually a little bit more positive about him than I thought I would be. But we can talk that about I have one more, one more A.J. Dillon question. Okay. I need to do it. So my concern, obviously, has been uh, like the, the lack of experience as a receiver, all of that stuff. How concerned should we be? about Matt LaFleur, because if you remember, he was like the one impeding roadblock that kept Derrick Henry from breaking out in Tennessee. <laughs> Should we be concerned? I think that Jake, part's that a little good. bit overblown with his role oh. and Derrick Henry's issues in Tennessee that one year where he's like, let me use Deion Lewis a whole bunch. Now, to be fair, he does like Jamal Williams a lot. Uh, so Jamal Williams, if he that. sticks around... He's not going to be just fading into the background. But I think there's a what, like, I think it's reasonable to expect 225 carries for A.J. Dillon and like 40 to 50 targets, maybe, which is kind of, I think, his max, honestly. But like, I yeah. could see it. Uh, I don't know. That's also why I'm cautious about comparing him to Derrick Henry, because I don't think he's going to be that good. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think he's going to be as good as. Well, it'd be silly to say he's. Nobody's going to be as good as Derrick Henry, but I I think the comp comes from both the athleticism and the size. Like that's Mm -hmm. what you want because that is the guy that's going to be able to punch holes through the the goal line, but also break off those seventy yard runs like Derrick Henry does. That's, I mean, Derrick Henry is a, a very speedy guy for his size, and that's what you want. Uh, that low center of gravity, which even for Henry, it's not really low because he's a giant. But <laughs> I just think that that's something. Those are traits that you like in your fantasy running back. So leave me alone. And LaFleur is going to use him in the goal line, too. Like, I'm not worried Eventually, about his goal line touches. Sure. So A.J. Dillon's going to get, like, double-digit touchdowns guaranteed in that offense. Because Matt LaFleur is not Whoa. that stupid. I'm sorry. He's just not. This and, isn't the get ballsy segment, I Jake. have a better comp for him. <laughs> And maybe not playing style-wise, but yeah, actually even playing style-wise, a better comp for him would be Nick Chubb, where he doesn't always get a lot of touches in that offense with Kareem Hunt, and he's not really a pass catcher, but he gets the touchdowns, especially last year he had the 12 touchdowns, and he's efficient. He breaks tackles at like the highest rate in the NFL. I do think Dylan has that same ability. I would comp him closer to Nick Chubb than I would to Henry. You guys are making me I very hopeful love that. about this with your delightful comps here. You're almost making me too excited for Dylan now. I'm just going to draft him in the first <laughs> round just because. I know. I just traded him away. You heard it here day. first, folks. All right, everyone. We're going to get into tipsy trivia. I have some awesome trivia questions here that I'm going to ask both Jake and Kate. And once I ask the full question... Let let me get to the end of the question. One of you guys can buzz in, and our buzzer is just your mouth. So, buzz. <laughs> was that a good buzz? <laughs> buzz. <laughs> Why am I trying to act like a bee instead of a buzz? Wait, like, how my God, how would you do this? Uh, buzz. Okay. Buzz. I'm gonna do that just like that every time. <laughs> 
And I'm just going to do like a slow B buzz. like But if you buzz in and you give the wrong answer, you have to take five sips. Then the second person will get to guess. And if they get it wrong, it'll just be two sips instead of five sips. And then we might just keep going back and forth for a little bit until uh, I decide to finally tell you guys. It's going to be a fun game. And this episode is brought to you by White Claw. (laughs) Claw is the law in the Maju Castle. All right. First question. Which player had the fourth most receptions in the NFL in 2020? Fourth most receptions in the NFL in 2020. Can you give us a position? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm going to say DeAndre Hopkins. False. Drink five. Ooh. Well. Um, do I have to... <laughs> no. <laughs> obviously not. Um, all right. How about... Oh... Oh my. Okay, we can't take forever here. We have five second time limit. There's people listening to the Calvin pod. Ridley. No. <laughs> Should I just do that? We're gonna get people please to log off room. Don't do that. <laughs> we're gonna get people to log off I think they preferred your gentle buzzing. Okay. So now when you we're gonna go back to you, Jake. Oh, I will no. give the top three. So the okay. top three are Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins were the top three. Ooh, that was close. Who had the fourth most receiving yards in the NFL? Oh, okay. Wait, not, rece- not receiving yards, Whoa. receptions. Sorry. Okay. Fourth most receptions. My answer is still the same. I'm gonna say Travis Kelsey. No. <sighs> but he had the fifth. You were close. Ah. Wow, Jake, you are hitting You have to drink two sips. All cylinders now. Except for the ones that you're supposed to. Right, Except for the right one. <laughs> oh. Three seconds. I, I, there's people listening. You need to answer. Oh, my goodness. You're really bad at this game. I am. I can't just think of names. I just, like, I can't think of names. Um, gosh. Golly. Alan Robinson? No. I'm going to give you both one more guess. Kate, you start thinking now because it's going to take 20 years. Jake, go ahead. One more guess. I hit the over and I hit the under. I have to, I have to get this. I'm going to say Tyreek Hill. No. Okay. He was pretty far down there. He's tied for 17th. Oh, I was way so off. Drink, you should drink four for that <laughs> instead of two. <laughs> Um, Why are you looking? I'm not looking. I'm trying to like just look at names. I get very nervous at the when I'm supposed to just say stuff. I get very <laughs> nervous. I'm actually a bit of a, a stage fright person. So name one more person. Oh, you get three seconds. <laughs> I can't think of names. Oh my god. Um, I'm just going to drink a lot. <laughs> okay, she's just going to drink. The answer was Darren Waller. He had the fourth uh, most receptions in 2020 no, with 107. Wild. Travis Kelsey had 105 at fifth. Wild. Pretty wild. You could have given me 17 guesses and it would have never come to Darren Waller. So I don't know why. What are we thinking with Darren Waller next year? You know, after the 2019 season, we're a little bit worried. 
that maybe it was just a one hit wonder and that once the Raiders signed some wide receivers or brought some guys in that it would go down and then they drafted rugs in the first and Edwards in the third and they didn't go down at all but they were rookies do we think this number stays the same in 2021 I don't think it stays the same, but I'm much more on board with Darren Waller than I was last year. I was definitely more of the type of like, Darren Waller is going to be a Gary Barnage. Just you watch. He's going to have one flash <laughs> season. And I looked like an idiot. So I'm going to be on, on Waller for sure this year. Well, I 100% thought that they would be getting their rookie receivers and more involved than they did. I feel like they didn't ha- like use any of their rookie wide receivers. They paid up for all of them and then they just disappeared into the ether and i like i don't even feel like we saw really exciting flashes from any of them rugs like got some targets down the field he's fast i I don't know like that's all i have to say i mean darren darren waller is like the one shining light we know they're not going to give Josh Jacobs more work. I'd... And if Derek Carr is going to be back, I'm all in on Darren Waller. And he's going to be less expensive than Kelsey and Kittle. I don't know how much because I think people are really... I had Darren Waller in all my teams I won last year because he balled out. He was just so good. He got so many receptions, as I just said. So it's not even like his receiving yards were all that crazy. It was for a tight end. He was close to 1,200. That's fantastic. And really the only difference between him... This year in, in 2019, it is the 17 more receptions, but it was he finally scored touchdowns. If you remember in 2019, he just could not score a touchdown. He only had three. That went up to nine this year. I don't like I feel like with his height and his usage, that should stay up there around eight, nine, ten. All right, moving on to the next question. It's going to seem like a real odd question. I will give you the top six guys, so it won't be that crazy, okay? Which running back averaged the seventh most touches per game? So which running back averaged the seventh most touches per game? That equals carries and receptions, touches per game. It's minimum 10 games played, just so like there couldn't be someone who played three games and got some touches, Uh, like CMC. So he's not in this. So the top six are Delvin Cook, Derrick Henry, James Robinson, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, and Ezekiel Elliott. Who's the seventh guy? (laughs) That's not a buzz. That's just me groaning because I hate this question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, my guess off the bat was David Montgomery, but he cracked that. I'm going to go real. Is it a ridiculous answer? Because I've got a ridiculous answer. Say it. Okay, I'm just going to do a gentle Go ahead. J.D. McKissick. No, it wasn't, but that's a that's a good guess. He was the reception Drink king, that. and he destroyed he my Antonio Gibson hopes. I mean, not really, but he tempered them, I should say. Um, okay, my guess is going to be, based on the absence of his backfield running mate, I'm going to say Kareem Hunt. It was not. Actually, Nick Chubb averaged more Ooh. per game. Huh. Okay, well. So drink two. I'm going to just drink one because you guys are not Because you're thirsty right. now? Because yeah. <laughs> we're bad at this. We I, are really bad at again, this. Again, the top six were Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, James Robinson, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Ezekiel Elliott, who was seventh. 
Alvin Kamara? Nope, he was eight. So this guy actually averaged more touches than Alvin Kamara per game. Getting closer. Um, oh. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> I'm trying to literally think of which backfield I'm ignoring that I shouldn't be ignoring right now. And, oh, wait, is it David Johnson? I'm going to say David Johnson. It's not. I do like that answer, uh, but it's not. Bummer. One more guess for Kate. I'm going to say it. Oh, one more guess for Kate. Oh, man. It's a name that you guys will probably never say in a gazillion years. 10 plus games. 10 plus games. He played 10 plus games. It's a name I'll never say. Melvin Gordon? No. All right. It was Miles Gaskin. He what? averaged 18.3 touches per game. That's more than Alvin Kamara. That's more than Jonathan Taylor. That's more than Aaron Jones. That's more than Kenyon Drake. That's more than Nick Chubb. Wow. That's absurd. So it is. And I really when? don't. I don't believe that. He played 10 games. So that was right at that minimum. He played 10 games. Now, I don't actually believe that Miles Gaston's going to be the lead back for Miami next year. I do think they'll replace him. And maybe that's not fair because he was just as efficient with those touches as Derrick Henry, as Delvin Cook was. So maybe that's not fair to say that they're going to replace him. I just have a feeling they will. But is Miami like a top spot for any running back to land in the draft or as a free agent? Based on touches, I mean, I think opportunities. There's been a lot of yeah. there's been a lot of projections with Najee Harris to Oof, I would love that. I, I don't know. What if they do just keep involving Salvan Ahmed? Like, what if they keep just throwing all of these bodies into the mix? That would be the... I want to go where there's really no... I, I want Najee to go where there's no options. Pittsburgh. Mm. I don't really want them to draft a running back in the first round, but... I do think we saw, though, when Miles Gaskin was healthy, he got the touches, as you can see, 18 touches per game. And then when he wasn't healthy, that's when we saw Ahmed come in and he got the touches. I, I think they're down for a workhorse back that just gets 18 plus touches a game. That's fantastic. So if they draft someone in the first round, second round, I'm all in or Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. They say that that's his top landing spot right now is Miami for Aaron Jones. So we'll see. All right. Got another question for you. Do, 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 do. Hey, can I just get some snaps in celebration of my uh, decreased delivery time for answering a question last round? Wait, are we supposed to literally snap? Because I will. <laughs> yes, is this, thank is you. Is this what you meant? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll take a sip to that because uh, I haven't, I've been very thirsty. Rude. <laughs> I know. I thought make you were supposed drink to so drink many. when we, oh, oh no, you were supposed to drink when we got them right. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't gotten any right. <laughs> We, um, that's totally, we just misinterpreted the game. Now we'll actually get on it. Now I get it. Which player had the longest reception in 2020? <sighs> player <laughs> overall. So any skill position. Any, yeah. The longest reception in 2020. And now I'm afraid to say the obvious answers because I feel like none of these are going to be obvious. Um... Oh, it's going to be somebody dumb. Bzzz. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Khalif Raymond. <laughs> no. no. It's, it's not that random. Okay. If it, was, 
If it was Anthony Ferkser, man, would you be mad right now? I would have lost it. I would have rioted. <laughs> no, guys, it's not that random of a player. Uh, but no, wrong. Drink, drink like twenty for that one. <laughs> um, sorry, Jake. You, we're actually not gonna need you for any future podcasts. <laughs> Kate's just stalling while she tries to think of a single name. I know. Name. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna go with someone stupid but i have a reason okay ronald jones that was oh. longest rush of the year this ah, is that's, i couldn't remember if it was longest rush or longest reception damn you for picking the wrong and we question. don't bring up that play in this household <laughs> you should have seen the the like distraught it ruined the it day was, it was bad I'm just, I'm just kidding absolutely but. absolutely uh, i mean at least you got the longest something there yeah so, i mean that's know. what she said hey oh hey oh all right jake longest reception and you're not even gonna like narrow it down to Can a you at least wide narrow receiver it down to a position? Or... wide receiver oh okay that didn't help at all <laughs> i was really hoping you would say like a tight end because then there'd be like two options <laughs> i don't know who even caught a lot of long balls well, they don't. Have, they didn't have to catch a lot. They just had to catch the one. To be fair, just the one, right? Yeah. So like a Khalif Raymond type. <laughs> you know your classic Khalif catch. I, I'm just gonna go with Terry McLaurin. No. <sighs> Wait, I get one more. Yeah. Tyreek Hill. No. It was Jerry Judy. He caught a 92-yard reception. I don't remember this. <laughs> I don't. How I end? don't believe this existed. Ever. It was it was week seventeen versus the Raiders. Like of course it was against the Raiders. They don't have a defense. But I do not remember this ninety two yard. And of course reception. nobody was watching that game. Yeah, it was just very recently. It was week seventeen. I just can't believe that I don't remember this play whatsoever. That's why when I saw this, I was like, I'm going to ask to see if anyone else remembers this play in in existence. Wait, can I can I flip that on its head right now? That means Drew Locke threw a ninety two yard pass yeah qb1 I, I don't know how many yards it, i don't know how many yards it was after catch i didn't look into all that but i was shocked to see he had that but it was like nelson aguilar had the second longest so it's nothing to like Jeez. almost said up. nelson aguilar i swear because he would be the random guy that would get that thing in there outside of khalif raymond outside of my man khalif raymond <laughs> Wide receiver one. In my heart. I, we've been asking who's going to consume all of those extra targets. We we have our answer. Boom. Now that I got you guys all uh, tipsied up because you could not get these answers for the life. Now that you're stone yourself, cold sober. Yeah. I want you to give us your let's get ballsy take of the week. That's pretty ballsy. That's pretty ballsy. Covered her asses out there, man. Some ballsy shots. Get ballsy. As sad as it makes me that we are ending that game, which made me feel like an idiot, <laughs> I am very excited <laughs> to make myself look like an idiot in a different way with this uh, ballsy take of the week. So I don't know if this is going to sound ballsy to the, to the average listener or not. I feel like it is. Um, I am expecting 
six pairs of wide receiver teammates to finish inside the top 24 in points per game in 2021. So, yeah. I mean, that's a very strong take. Spicy. Very spicy. 50% of the slots available in that top 24 amongst teammates, basically. So I feel like there's some very likely candidates for this. That just, I, I was looking through the points per game finishes from last year, and there were a lot of teammates that got very close or actually did sneak inside the top 24 together, presumably holding hands and then being very happy for one another after the game. <laughs> uh, but the teams that I think are at the top of this list for a possibility, and I'm not going to lock in all of these teams as definitely these are the ones and these are the pairs that are going to do it. Only because there's plenty of free agency left. There's the draft still to go. Things can change. You can't overcommit. I can't overcommit. But you really sound like you don't believe in this take. No, no, no. Hold on. I'm I'm coming through with it. Uh, Atlanta, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Now Calvin Ridley finished as the wide receiver four in points per game last year. Julio Jones. He played through injuries. He obviously had some people nervous, but he was the wide receiver 14 in points per game. There's no way. Julio falls outside the top 24. I'm not having yeah, it. No. I won't listen to it. So, uh, If both are healthy, that's definitely a hit. Like They'll both be in the 24. The other big one, presuming that Chris Godwin does, in fact, stick around in Tampa Bay, that he doesn't get the tag and trade, then it's Godwin and Mike Evans. That's like in the realm of possibility. No way. Ah, they, what? You never know. I'm Tom Brady is like the... The grand, he's like the Dumbledore of the Bucks right now. Like he he calls the shots. I don't like. There's no way that he's going to let him be tagged and traded. No way. I hope okay. that's the case because they, as I mentioned earlier, they were wide receiver 15 and 16 last year. I think that is basically where they're going to finish this year. Pretty close. Dumbledore is also really old. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, I think Kate lost too many questions and got a little too tipsy during tipsy trivia. The other big one is is the Rams. We talked about this in one of our previous episodes with the Matt Stafford trade, him going to the Rams. I think nobody does worse by any means this year, and I think that both Robert Woods and Cooper Cup probably go up. Robert Woods was already in there. He was the wide receiver 19 in points per game. Cooper Cup had a down year. He was wide receiver 30, but I easily see him bouncing back. Dallas seems obvious to me at this point with Dak being yeah. locked up with Michael Gallup, probably, maybe, I don't know, maybe he's gone. Um, even if he restines, I'm, I'm fine. Amari Cooper was tied for wide receiver 21. Oh, wait, no, Gallup has one more year. He's in there. Yeah, but they're talking about cutting him. What? There's rumors about Gallup. No, I know. no. I know. Why? Wouldn't he, wouldn't he rather go somewhere I'm, else? He's not going to get any targets with Cooper. Or I know, but I really, I don't, I just don't want that to be a hit to his confidence. I like oh him. He's going to go to the Jets and I'm he's going to have a terrible time. I'm a time. sensitive woman, Michelle. God. <laughs> but Amari was wide receiver 21. CD Lamb was wide receiver 35 in points per game in his rookie season. Again, if Gallup's out of the way, I don't care what they do with tight end. It's going to be CD and Amari all the way. Now I you think should... they both would have finished there with Dak this year. Agreed. Oh, a hundred. I Agreed. mean, what? I, I think the splits for CD Lamb with and without Dak. I mean, I I want to say off the top of my head, this isn't a stat that I referenced because you caught me off guard here, Jakey boy. <laughs> uh, CD Lamb. I want to say he was averaging like seventeen PPR points per game in those five games with Dak. As a rookie, his first five games ever. 
Like he that's was impressive. Yeah, insane. I'm down for Dallas in this category. It's CD to the moon for sure. The other one you guys should love. It's Pittsburgh, uh, yeah, with yeah. Juju out. I mean. Deontay was already tied for wide receiver 21 with Amari. Chase Claypool is wide receiver 34. If they clear some of that ruckus out of there, I'm very much uh, adoring both of them inside the top 24. Cincinnati, I think, is the other obvious candidate here because with Joe Burrow back and assuming full health, um, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, those two can easily get their way into the top 24. They weren't there this year, but they had to endure some pretty rough quarterback play, so it's to be expected. (laughs) But those are the six that I think are most obvious. And then there's a few other ones that you could easily toss into. If the situation's right, Seattle, if Russell somehow does stick around and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf perform the way they did this year, great. Carolina, if Curtis Samuel does leave, even with CMC coming back, it's not Scott and Norv Turner there anymore. So they're not force feeding the running back quite like those offensive coordinators did. Um, so he should get his targets trimmed down from 2019, but here's my favorite stat of looking into all of this. The trio in Carolina, which was Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel, they finished wide receiver 27, 28, and 29 in points per game last year, literally one after the other. It's wild. So take one of them out of the equation. Even if you shove some of those targets CMC's way. And they did it with Teddy, and I'm not a Teddy hater, but he's certainly not the most efficient quarterback out there. And then the other one, kind of dark horse candidate for me, is Minnesota. I love Justin Jefferson, but I'm down on Thielen this year, so he's the one that's going to make it tricky, probably on them. But yeah, I figure there's a wealth. He was a top, but wasn't he? I'm sorry, I need to double check on his ranking for 2020. Mm -hmm. Where did he finish in 2020? Because I'm pretty sure he was a top seven wide receiver. He, You think he's going to fall out of 24? I do. So he was wide receiver 11 in points per game. The problem was once Justin Jefferson really caught on, he started to, I mean, not fully nosedive, but he had five games in the back half of the season where he was scoring double, or excuse me, single digit fantasy points. That's what I'm nervous about. I'm nervous that with Justin Jefferson so involved, it's going to take away from him. Kyle Rudolph's gone, though, so, you know, maybe. Maybe that helps bump up Thielen a little bit. They're just the hey, ones I'm most cautious. Shout, shout back to our uh, poppin' tight end episode last week. If you haven't checked that one out, you better go back and listen. <laughs> really exciting tight end conversation. One one team I wanted to bring up as a sleeper would probably be the Bills. I don't know where Colt Beasley was in points per game, but Stephon Diggs obviously killed it. Uh, John Brown's gone now. Maybe, you know, we see Gabriel Davis break out, but I, Cole Beasley had him pretty close to... He was wide receiver 31 in points per game. And I, that's me, because okay. I always forget about Cole Beasley, which is just disrespectful. Everybody forgets about Cole Beasley. <laughs> with John Brown gone, I think like the splits between every player in games without John Brown and with were like crazy. I could see two, two wide receivers getting... Squeaking into the top 24 there. I okay. love that. I I think all of these are pretty reasonable. Like, yeah. I thought it, I feel like this seems to be the resounding theme with our Let's Get Ballsy segment. I go in, I'm thinking it's a two-baller, and I it comes out a one-baller every time. Yeah, it just doesn't, it seems like there's so many teams that 
have such bad quarterbacks that you can't really trust that they would be able to feed two wide receivers. So when you do have a team with a, a viable quarterback, it's like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take the wide receivers on that team, even if there's two of them, because at least I know there's some good quarterback play because whatever wide receivers are playing with Sam Darnold or Drew Locke or, I don't know, Mitch Trubisky, like, I don't really want him. Right. I guess Allen Robinson did fine. And this is going to be my thing, my theme probably in redraft this year is like, look at these kind of teams and I'll just take one of these. I'll try and get as many of these teams on my roster as possible. Not necessarily as many of the top players. Like I'll take the lower ADP guy on these teams. Yeah, that's smart. I like it. I'll give it one ball. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with one ball. Thank you everybody for joining us for today's show. Uh, We covered some really fun things. Franchise tag frenzy. Gotta love it. Holy Moses. Jake, I think we have to brush up on our trivia a bit. Because it didn't work out. It was a hard trivia. It was a challenging trivia. Okay. I did try to trick you guys. I felt, yeah, I maybe yeah. a little bit. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> they were harder names for sure. I honestly didn't know if the Jerry Judy thing would be easy. Like, do you guys remember? It had to have been a huge play. How did we just all not remember it? Week 17. And I, I thought maybe someone would have known the Darren Waller stop but you you guys didn't you don't do your homework it's fine (laughs) all right all right i'm closing out this show no more slander everybody i'm kate you can follow me on twitter at ff ball blast i'm michelle you can follow me at ball blast um ball blast em i'm jake you can follow me at jake trowbridge with that w (laughs) always with the w never with the vowels per michelle Uh, Everybody, like I mentioned before, we're only three reviews away from 300. So please go into Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review or one star if we deserve it. Be honest. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Um, (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) If you made it this far into the show, hopefully you turned us off if you think we're one star. Don't waste your time. (laughs) Like You're just wasting your life at that point. (laughs) Uh, That's... Absolutely true. Thank you for joining us, guys. We will see you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.